there. Enjoying SBO Perspectives? Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business. And the official podcast of ASBO International. We see it every week. It's the official podcast. And I am Dr. Jack Ryan Mitchell, here along with the esteemed John Bricado. That's right. And so SBO Perspectives is really bringing you more than just a perspective today. We're bringing you something that is a tangible piece of information uh, that you can all utilize, um, whether in New York across the states, um, in your district. So John, um, if you don't mind, could you tell us who we have on today? I'd be happy to. So today we have some industry experts in the energy field. Uh, We have Doreen Hamilton and Michael Ryan of Energy Systems Group. And we talked to them about something new that's come out as of uh, late last year, the Inflation Reduction Act. And there's a really great opportunity for school districts to take advantage of clean energy and installing solar and other means of reducing Mm -hmm. your carbon footprint. So we thought it was a great idea to bring them on to really walk us through what those measures are and what school districts need to do to leverage every single dollar from the federal government and and state government. So we hope you enjoy our conversation with Doreen and Michael. Today on the podcast, we have Doreen Hamilton and Michael Ryan, both from Energy Systems Group, better known as ESG. Welcome both of you. We're happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank hey. you. Good Thank morning, ESG. ESG's yeah, in the house, the ESG right? ESG team's here. Yeah. Good morning. Mike so excited Darlene. to be here. Happy to Always have you. a pleasure to see you both. Um, and I know that today is going to be a very integral topic uh, for our listeners. So um, this is great. But as you know, uh, before we do get into anything uh, for our guests and our listeners, I want them to get a sense of um, who you are um, really real quick, you know, just me about your background experience. ESG briefly. Yeah, Doreen, maybe we can start with you and then uh, Michael will jump over to you. Wonderful. Um, I work for Energy Systems Group. Um, I've been in the energy performance contracting field, focused on schools and municipalities for about 33 years this summer. Um, very fun, fabulous, and always different. And I'm Michael Ryan, also with Energy Systems Group. Uh, I've, I've been involved with uh, school districts and construction improvements. Um, for a little over 30 years, but for the last 15 years, uh, my main focus has been on energy performance contracting. You've been in 30 years? Doc, you're a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Nah, I was playing around. I stopped no, counting that's at very, 30 years. I stopped counting very, at 30 years. It's very admirable. Yeah, I guess it's probably 30 times too, right? You know, so, but it's great. You're doing, doing a great job. So, um, so you know, I want to kick this off with something really huge um, because... You know, I actually got a chance to, as you know, myself a couple of weeks ago, come visit your offices, right? Um, and you guys had this informational about a new act. Well, it's not a really new act, but how it was implemented last year and essentially how it could really help us school business officials um, from perspective. And I'll let you guys get on to it. But for me, hearing that and seeing this um, this. IRA, which is not an IRA, folks out there um, for your for your accounts and your retirement, it's the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, so my first question is, you know, for folks out there, 
what is that act? You know, I know as you said last year, sometime it made it available for school districts. But why do you also think it's a necessary funding platform, you think, for renewable energy, you know, for school districts? And, um, you know, just maybe give us a sense of what are some of the benefits of, of IRA for schools. And um, lastly, it's a lot, of, it's a fully loaded question, but I really want to get into it. Um, is this a federal program you see that is going to be reliable and viable for our, for our school districts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it, like you said, Jack, it's the Inflation Reduction Act, also known as the IRA. Um, it was a bill that was passed last August, August 2022, and it now allows school districts to take um, benefit and receive incentives for um, different infrastructure projects. Main focus, though, is on renewable energy. And, you know, uh, thank you for having us on again, because we feel like the word really hasn't gotten out there on this. Um, and these incentives are, are pretty large. Um, for school districts, they range from uh, 30 to like 50 percent of the cost of the project to be covered by this by this um, incentive, which will come as as a form of a rebate check to the district. And is there is there is there a timeline or an expiration on the Inflation Reduction Act? Do districts need to be prepared to act quickly, or is there an opportunity for them to have a little bit more purposeful planning to take advantage of this funding? Yeah, yeah. So something interesting is it doesn't. So as far as the start of the program, as long as if if it was say solar energy or a project like that, as long as it hasn't gone into service before. January of 2023, they're eligible, which is interesting because even if construction started prior to the bill passing, they, they're still entitled to it. Uh, the cutoff is construction must be started at least by January of 2025. Uh, so that's the window there. Uh, an important date to know um, for this and to get this, what's called the investment tax credit. That is the portion of the Inflation Reduction Act specific to the renewable section. And, and how is it paid out? You said, I believe, 20 to 30 percent. Is that uh, a lump sum of the cost of the project or is it amortized over a certain amount of time? How, how does that look? What we've been told so far is that it'll be a one-time check after the fiscal year of the tax year. So we've been getting guidance. The first set of guidance went after this act was approved in August and written into law was on November 30th of 2022. The next set of guidance we're going to hear is on February 13th of 2023. So we'll know more on the guidance that actually in that form, but we've been told just the form of a one-time payment or a check. Got it. Got it. So this is a really interesting opportunity for school districts because we're always looking for other revenue streams to, to help offset these costs. And I'm wondering what kind of projects would qualify under the Inflation Reduction Act and what can districts start looking at to, to really leverage this, this federal, these federal funds? And is, you know, electric busing is a huge talking point for a lot of school business officials right now. Would something like that qualify under the IRA? So what we know to date, so uh, the technologies that are approved under this Inflation Reduction Act, under this subsection, are solar technologies. So solar thermal, solar carport, solar energy to bring down your electric load in your buildings, uh, electric vehicle chargers. So what makes sense is when you're putting in these new um, projects to have EV charging stations, which then goes into 
EV bus charging stations. So it's a natural progression onto the, what I call the layering effect of um, energy and renewable technology. Combined heat and power um, is one, standalone energy systems, ground source heat pumps, things, again, geothermal that bring you off of the fossil fuels and onto sustainable technologies. And it's wonderful because it's very open-ended and it has different milestones or areas in which you can garner more money. Now, some, you know, we mentioned the ITC, the investment tax credit um, that's associated with generally, you know, an EPC or energy performance contract. But um, could you maybe even elaborate more for our listeners, I guess, what an EPC is and how this investment tax credit can fit in with the IRA? Yeah, so so an energy performance contract is, um, it's it's a way of getting infrastructure improvements without having any kind of effect to the taxpayers. Um, so uh, it'll improve your buildings, you know, things such as uh, lighting, uh, of course, like we mentioned, solar renewable energy, but uh, HVAC systems, building automation. And the way it's funded is the projects reduce your utility cost, and then those costs are reallocated to pay towards the project. Um, so what's exciting now is that you're getting this new incentive through the, um, you know, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Um, these projects are, you know, very, very, very lucrative for these districts. They're 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 generally very cash positive, actually. And for our listeners too, energy performance contracts, to my knowledge, are really specific to New York, but I'm sure other states have other mechanisms to do that. Would, would, would that be a fair assessment? Yes. Many states have their own energy performance contracting legislation that they utilize, just like New York does. And um, this fits perfectly into that envelope. Um, and just to build upon something that I said, John, um, back regarding electrification of buses. So when you go in and do an energy performance contract, you're reducing your consumption. You're reducing your energy spent. That makes sense at that point in time then to layer on the solar because now you've lowered your footprint. So you size the solar or the renewable technology for that new baseline. However, in the back of your mind, you're thinking of electrification of buses. So now I need more energy to power those buses. How can I do that? So now we're going to upsize the array, the solar array, for example, to provide that um, best practice for that bus um, electrification and or starting some of the infrastructure that's needed, such as a, a more robust energy management system, battery storage. Again, these are things that are so fun to develop with your customers, and everyone is different. Every size, every building, every school district is different. That's what makes it unique. So when you sit down with a school district, Doreen, are you kind of articulating what you just did and saying, okay, this is what our utilities are right now under our current operations. But have we thought about five, 10 years down the road when we look to transition to more of a reliance on electricity, such as electric busing or, or charging cars or things like that? So essentially what I'm hearing is you are looking further into the future on what the needs are going to be and then scaling the solar installation to meet that. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. We're planning for today, but looking towards the future, where do you want to go with this and what are your bus needs and electrification needs? Absolutely. And it can, it is so creative, John, this program, the ITC performance contracting, it's really symbiotic in the way you develop a program, a customized program for the school districts. It's fabulous. 
And, and Jeremy, just to kind of um, circle back, this program, the IRA, the originally we're, we're talking about today, that's a federal program. So all states would be involved in, in capturing these needs in, in school districts, correct? Correct. All states are eligible to utilize the ITC credit under the Investment uh, Inflation Recovery Act. And, and one thing I meant to ask earlier, is there a, a dollar cap to what a district could claim? Because I'm thinking, you know, there's probably city school districts, larger school districts that could have the potential of putting in a really sizable solar installation. But is there a ceiling as to how much a, a district can claim in dollars? I think the ceiling would be prescribed more so by the existing utility okay. um, as well as the community that it's in. Um, so uh, there's no cap at this point on the dollars. In fact, there are so many different layers going from a 6% low up to a 70% reimbursement for the investment tax credit. There's a big range um, and different adders um, that we call. Got it. What's the average? The average is going to be about 30 to 40. Okay. And it's going to increase, Jack, when the domestic adder. So there is a piece in this if you have domestic content for solar panels, steel, et cetera, the inverters, more okay. of the nitty-gritty. A lot of that's manufactured right now overseas, but we're seeing mm -hmm. a change in that and people uh, building them locally in the States. So there's a domestic adder content, which, which adds about 10% to it. So we feel like nice. by the end of this year, there's going to be that extra 10% bonus, a lot that we can utilize in, in the United States. And are you seeing, in terms of the domestic adder, and the United States now being able to produce more and more solar technologies. Is that regionalized and other supply chain issues depending on where you are in the United States? Or is it more advantageous to kind of be situated closer to a manufacturer? Or does it really not matter at this point? It doesn't matter at this point. Um, there, I think there's about 10 to 14 that we're hearing of. Um, pops start to come up in the United States to build this solar technology. Um, and it ranges all, all over the country where it is. It doesn't matter where you're located. Got it. So got it. one of the big questions here, uh, Mike and Doreen, is that, you know, how is this going to affect, for us in New York, I mean, uh, other states we don't know, but the New York State aid, right? Um, and, and rebates and or incentives we may receive. Like when, you, when you're doing something like this and utilizing the Inflation Reduction Act, where does that fall into play? Yeah, so as far as far as the state aid goes, Jack, you still you still will be entitled to the state aid that you um, that the you know the district would get get at the percentage they would get it, but it's only for the portion of the project that they're paying for, obviously. So the way the state has worded it simply is, we're not going to provide state aid on free money. So if 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 the district winds up getting forty percent through the investment through the um, Inflation Reduction Act, then the other 60% of the project they're actually paying for, they'll get state aid on that amount. You know, when, when districts, they get their state aid, they're never getting 100% of the cost of the project. They always have a local amount that they have to, that they're uh, on the hook for. So then is the Inflation Reduction Act, can you use that money to then offset that local share? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And the one thing, too, is that this doesn't um, prevent you from also getting any additional New York Sun program money, uh, incentive money if you're a local state or community. So there's still incentives out there and very robust incentives. And that's what the energy provider, the energy services company like Energy Systems Group, would come to to sit down with you to talk about all those buckets and provide um, a sample cash flow showing those buckets of money. 
Great, great. So you're you're actually potentially looking at positive cash flow then because you have not only the savings that you're generating through just the regular EPC that hopefully is offsetting the entirety of that utility bill in the cost of the project, but now you have an additional revenue stream for the federal government that could be adding more revenue to your budget than you otherwise would have seen. Correct. Correct. And then this and in, in the case of New York State, the state aid we've been we've been talking about. Great, great. So we've really gone into the weeds of the IRA and, and the investment tax credit. By nature, I think school business officials are skeptics. And if something sounds too good to be true, it typically is. But, you know, can you provide us some peace of mind here? What are what are some things that school business officials should be looking out for? Any pitfalls? Or, yeah. Any, yeah, any pitfalls that we might be coming up against? Like, what what are those kind of red flags? You know, there are, in order to get this incentive, uh, there are guidelines and requirements. So I think a big thing is making sure you're teaming with the right people that understand it, that they're not going to have some kind of misstep that, you know, that would, um, um, you know, make you ineligible for for the incentive. Uh, That's probably one of the biggest ones. And I think just understanding the process and having your energy service provider helping you understand that process and go through it with you and coach you through it, um, just like we do with the incentives or any other buckets of monies. This reminds me of back in the 90s, there was different buckets of money coming from the federal government. And it's just understanding how to utilize them, how to get them, and how to get them sooner than later um, and what that means. So that's my question. And what's the next step that you can take after hearing something like this? Well, where should they go as far as, you know, utilizing the IRA? Um, talking to people like us to talk about, you know, where they want to go with their energy uh, portfolio. Um, do they have infrastructure and energy needs in their district to both lower their carbon footprint, lower their energy spend, and then get rewarded for providing sustainable technologies on their buildings? So this is the first law that's really rewarding schools and municipalities because this investment tax credit was never given to the public sector. This is the first time in history that the ITC is being used for the public sector environment. So basically, it's just sitting down, starting to have conversations with your energy providers, understanding the process, and then seeing how you can implement this. So it's it's this is really exciting yes. and really innovative, especially now that school districts and municipalities can leverage these additional funds when we talk about just building out a project and timeline, how much time are districts spending in just kind of the planning process with an energy service provider? Like what, what does a typical project timeline look like? Uh, a typical project. Um, so the process, the process is, you know, go, go out to RFP, select a company, get the detailed engineering done. In our case, in New York state here, submit to the education department for approval. That process on average takes about nine months. So about nine months to get to actually shovels in the ground and construction. Great, great. Well, Doreen and Michael, uh, every guest that we have on our podcast, we always like to end with an opportunity for our guests to impart some advice on our listenership. So maybe Doreen, starting with you, whether it's a new school business official or somebody who's been sitting in this seat their entire career, what piece of advice could you offer today? My advice would be um, it's complicated, it's fun, the energy conservation, performance contracting. Find a partner. Find a partner, build a relationship, and co-author this solution together with your community. Because at the end of the day, it just reaps so many positive benefits 
from the energy savings, reduction in carbon footprint, sustainable design, as well as taking things off your capital budget and doing through a project like this. Great. And Michael, what about you? What can you offer to our listeners today? Um, you, you two know me well enough that I say, you know, work hard and try to have some fun along the way in, in your job. <laughs> now that's some good piece of advice I can go for right there. <laughs> that, that, that's that resonates best with me. Advice, right? It's life is too short not to not to enjoy it. So absolutely, you know, work hard. You know, play hard. Have have goals and have some fun along the way. Certainly, right. sure. Well, Dorian, Michael, thank you both so much for your time today. Yes, I know our both. listeners will really get a lot out of this, and there's a lot of opportunity uh, moving forward. So, uh, thank you again for your time today. Thank you us. for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning into SBO Perspectives. Uh, I'm really excited about the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm looking to actually do a solar project in my district at some point in the near future. And this is even more of an incentive to get yeah. moving on it. So, and that's uh, 30%? Yeah, you know, can't And that it. goes a long way when, it, um, when you're looking at our federal funds, our foundation aid that we're going to get in 2024 um, going away after that school year. So um, it's a project you can do before beginning of 2025, roughly. Uh, you, you'll be in good shape, uh, which is great. You know, yeah. um, that money goes a long way for obviously um, what we needed in our instructional programs. Um, yeah, and especially now that we're feeling the heat of, you know, inflation and CPI and everything, huge. any extra money that we can take advantage of, we, we got to pass Absolutely. on it. And it was great. Also, you know, Mike Ryan, um, we actually had him on. I almost forgot that when um, we, did. we were talking. We did. This is not, this is not his um, first SBO Perspectives. I don't know how you. long ago it was. It definitely was at least a year or so, but um, yeah. He was on and, um, you know, the He's energy. He's talking about EPCs in general, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, folks, if you don't know much about EPCs, he did touch on it a little bit today, him and Doreen. But if you go back to the episode, you get more in depth, uh, which right. is great because each episode is already cataloged. It's there. So, um, but this is awesome. I mean, the IRA um, is going to be huge for a lot of districts out there. So looking forward to uh, myself. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in again. And we'll see you next week.